Hey, book friends, this is Corey. Thanks for listening along as we have a book club of two over a cup of tea. Our goal is to explore beloved genres as well as push ourselves out of our comfort zone and explore genres we might typically overlook or avoid. In each episode, we discuss a randomly selected genre. We will be sharing our reading experience and a brief review of the books we recommended to each other from the previous episode. Also a heads up, so that we can have a rich and in-depth conversation, there may be spoilers about the books we are discussing. All right, let's get started. Hey, book friends. Welcome to Books and Tea with Kiri and Corey. Listen along each week as we have a book club of two over a cup of tea. Our goal is to explore beloved genres as well as push ourselves out of our comfort zone. Visit our podcast site to learn how we pick our genres and books. We encourage you to read along with us and share your comments and opinions, too. This is Episode 9. Let's get started. What's going on with you this week, Kiri? You know, it's we're recording on a Tuesday, so I feel like this is a weird, nice break of mm-hmm. work to kind of have fun and talk about books with you. But other than that, not a whole lot happening. Yeah. It's Pe- still early. I know. Well, and people should be grateful that we're using our lunch hour <laughs> to is, entertain them. This is how much we love you. <laughs> or we love books, I guess. Yeah. Interchange. How about you? It's crazy. I, I'm not, I, yeah, I, school starts in a week and a half. So I have 20 students showing up to train next week. I'm going camping this weekend because I'm nuts. And <laughs> yeah, just a 5,001 things to do. We do have a new uh, recording location this week, though, which is kind of badass. Yeah, we're at uh, the university's library sound studio. So it has like soundproofing materials up. And they do have a second mic, but we weren't able to get it to work. So Technology. I think we're going to try it again at some mm-hmm. other point to see if we can use two mics and make it yeah. sound even more awesome. Even Thanks, more Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you, Daniel, our awesome sound editor. Okay. So we kind of did tea on the fly. We're not sharing tea this week. What are you drinking, Kiri? I'm drinking Tulsi Masala Chai with a little bit of coconut milk vanilla creamer. It's quite delicious. Is it spicy? It's not too spicy. Okay. But And how about you? I'm drinking kombucha again. (laughs) Which is so funny because if you remember when we were talking (laughs) about Cooked by Michael Pollan, Corey was like, I don't really think I like kombucha. And she's had it twice on this show so far. I guess I'm just trying to live up to being uh, a Flagstaff resident because, you know, you have to have your puffy jacket, your Subaru, (laughs) your your tacos, your tacos, your dog, (laughs) and your kombucha. Yeah, totally. Check, check, and check. Yep. Nailed them all. Oh, and your bike. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I don't do is climb. That's the only thing. Yeah. 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 Climbing, stupid. (laughs) Sorry, climbers. Just kidding. I just don't have the strength. Yeah. Me either. (laughs) Okay. So enough of silliness. Um, Shall we get down to our books for the week? Yeah. So I think we were continuing on with the National Hispanic Latino Heritage Month. And this week we've done fiction, Mm -hmm. either based in... um, Hispanic state or country, or they are of Hispanic Latino descent. So, yep. or not descent. Yeah. Is it descent? I think so. Okay. We're showing our ignorance. <laughs> feel, feel free to correct us because we're learning as we go. Yep. Um, but again, just as a reminder from last week, uh, National Hispanic Heritage Month is celebrated every year in the United States from September 15th through October 15th. Last week we did nonfiction, and this week we are headed into fiction. So 
It was some interesting reads. It was indeed. <laughs> but I found some really bizarre connections. Really? Yeah. I'm curious to see what you uh-huh. have to uh-huh. say. Uh-huh. Although I'm not done with yours, I, but I'm so close. <laughs> But so you may not ha- you may not be able to talk about the ending so that it's not completely. Oh, okay. I'm just kidding. Of course you can. It's my fault. It's that spoilers. I'm not oh, we forgot to do the spoiler. Full oh. ahead that there may be spoilers. <laughs> yes, yes. Full ahead that um, there may be some spoiler alerts this week. So if you haven't read these books and are planning on it and and you like to be surprised, you're probably going to want to wait and um, come back to this episode after you've had a chance to read them. So for this week, I picked The Shadow of the Wind by Carlos Ruiz Saffron. And I don't have a description because we gave that last time. So I'm just going to do some random thoughts that I had while reading. Okay. I love that we're reading about books. Uh, so maybe that's part of the description you could share. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the book is uh, about a book about a book who and Daniel is that his name? Yes, Daniel. Daniel discovers this book at like the ripe age of twelve in mm-hmm. the cemetery of forgotten books. Yeah. And his dad's a bookseller. Yes, so that's an important thing to know. And so he Daniel becomes kind of obsessed with Julian Carax, which is the author of mm-hmm. this book, and he tries to uncover what happened to Julian. And it's this huge adventure of meeting random people, discovering facts and tidbits of history, realizing that some of it is fake or made up to protect Julian. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a very mythological adventure of books and yeah. the story of the mm-hmm. book. It's definitely a coming of age story. And the book that Daniel has is called Shadow of the Wind. Of the Wind. So yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's pretty revel re- it's it's the same title. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a little brief synopsis and cool. it ends in a happy happy ending. Oh good. So. Yay. <laughs> right now like I said I'm not done and it looks like it's headed towards disaster. <laughs> but I'm going to let Carrie share her her random thoughts and then I will chime in with some of my random thoughts. Okay, perfect. So Clara is bad news. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the simple words that I have to say about her. She's an older woman vixen who breaks Daniel's heart. Yeah, who's Mm -hmm. blind. And blind, yes. (laughs) Who is this mystery man that smells like burned books? (laughs) Dum-dum-dum. The word shadow is used a lot throughout this book. Really? Like every second or third paragraph, shadow is in in the description. I love that you picked that up because I did not pick that up at all. I found it quite annoying, which is why I picked <laughs> it up. <laughs> and I'm like, that's cool. But it, shadow in all definitions, like mm. a person's shadow or shadowing somebody else. I mean, it's mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. So beware of that. Yeah. And then my last thought that I had towards the end of the book was, is Fernan a synonym for vermin? Like it's literally this just changing the F and the V. I don't think so, but I don't know for sure. I don't know Spanish that well. Yeah. Hmm. It's very – I just thought it was a weird Mm -hmm. connection. Maybe it's – I just was overthinking it and was like, wait, this is like vermin, but Furman. (laughs) Or maybe I'm just saying his name wrong. Right. Fermin. Yeah, I was thinking it was Fermin. Oh, yeah, okay. That's probably right. So I – this book was really long. Yeah, they spent a lot of time – setting everything up for you there was a huge lead-in so if you're one of those people that you need that instant gratification like i usually do (laughs) 
this book may be a little bit of a slog, but it's interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, and definitely once you reach a certain point and you're like, oh, it's getting interesting now. At about page 300. <laughs> I'd say about 250. <laughs> I, I found around 250. I was like, oh. Um, oh. I, yeah, it was it was a long read for me, and mm-hmm. it took a long while for it to get good and going. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then once it did, I was like, ooh, mystery, mm-hmm. which is exciting. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I do, I think the last 176 pages really made the book for me and made me love it, mm-hmm. even though the first half was pretty long. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, and I think it's one of those books, uh, this ties into it, that, and really with both books, I, so I'll, I'll, I'll say it about both of them. You almost have to read the whole book to f- appreciate the first half of the book. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes. Because you're like, where is this going? Why is there so much detail? And then you get to the end and you're like, oh, okay. All Mm -hmm. of that was connected and relevant. But leading up to it, you're like, why is this relevant? Why am I reading about them going to lunch and all this stuff? And it changes perspectives. Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of letters that um, Mm -hmm. are being read Mm -hmm. or written during the book to kind of give an explanation of the history and it it has different perspectives, which is nice, and kind yeah. of starts r- making people be more relatable or understanding mm-hmm. that this was a huge deal and mm-hmm. a lot of hurt and love and anger and frustration was wrapped up in all of these characters. Yeah, because it's written from, what would you say, an omniscient point of view? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, you as you go through it, you're getting perspectives and different pieces of how different people fold into it. and. Certainly, there you get like a little slice of something, and then you get the big reveal later on of, mm-hmm. of about the people. So yeah. So before I get into my quotes, I'm interested to see or hear mm-hmm. what you have to say, Corey. Yeah. Okay. And I don't have any quotes this week because I oh, I have I, so many. I have enough for both of us. Oh, good. Well, I, and let me rephrase that. If if I'd had more time to go back and revisit my notes, my mm-hmm. highlights, I think I would have some quotes, but I just didn't have time. So without um. I'm trying to see here. So I want to hold off on a couple things because, again, I think they really tie into the my book. But the the themes that I – so I wrote some theme type of stuff down. Um, unrequited love, forbidden mm. love, uh, desperation and stubbornness with forbidden love. Yes. <laughs> Curses and vengeance. <laughs> First love, dangerous love, love that causes you to die. <laughs> How many times did I just say the word love? I think probably about a billion. <laughs> but is that accurate? I mean, the, the, if you remember, we were joking around how the dis- both of our descriptions ended with the word love last week. Oh, true. Yes. But see, I didn't pay. I did not get love mm. throughout the whole book. I got shadow. So that is what I picked up okay. on. So. Okay. Well, I don't know if I got it. But, but yeah, as we talked about, we already said, I felt like there was a tipping point where you really wanted to know what was happening next. Again, I think it was like a good versus evil theme. I had a hard time keeping everyone straight. Yes. There was a lot of characters, Mm -hmm. and I kept going, wait, who is that? How are they connected? Because it kept bouncing around in time and place. And so then I'd be like, oh, okay, yes, that person is that. Um, I thought it was beautiful writing, Mm -hmm. Um, and especially because it's a translation, because the author is Spanish. Yep. So I was like, wow, uh, whoever translated this, kudos. I'll have to go back and, and look at that. I loved Fermin, actually. He was the best character yeah. <laughs> in the book. Just to give you all an example, like, they, he, he was obsessed with women and food. Yeah. And he'd be like, 
let's go to the bar and get some croquettes and some sparkling wine. <laughs> and then they would describe the meal. Or he would, like, have these conversations. He'd be like, he's like, you should see Carol Lombard. She's so sexy. <laughs> this is set in, what, the 50s? Uh, yes. I think so. I believe so. Yeah. So to give you some context, post-Spanish yeah. Civil War. So it's set in Spain, post-Spanish Civil War. And he also is obsessed with those little candies. Oh, that's He's right. Like, and sugar. Yes. That's so, his other obsession. Yeah, this little candy will fix all of your problems. Oh, you love sick? Have a candy. <laughs> yep. Um, and then I wrote, so here comes spoilers. So turn it off if you don't want to hear this. I knew they were brother and sister. I knew it. I had yeah. this feeling. I had this feeling. I was like, oh, I wish I wasn't right. <laughs> um, I also knew that Nuria and Julian were lovers. I saw them leading into that. I was yeah. like, yep, I saw that one coming from a million miles totally. away. And I think there was some inter- – oh, and then I was like, oh, of course, Fumero and Bitter Jorge teamed up. And that's mm-hmm. how Julian got killed and why all this is happening. Of course, that's what's he going is on. such – a oh. butthole. I'm Jorge trying not- or Fumero? Fumero. Oh, he's more than a I butthole. He's a him. psycho. He's yeah. a psycho. <laughs> I just read the chapter, the section where he was talking about how he hated fat people and how every the insect we had a lot to learn from insects and everything. <laughs> it was so creepy. He just gets worse. Oh man. And then I thought the other thing that stood out to me was uh, just which I'm sure was deliberate, was the parallels in the book of falling in love with the sister of your friend yeah. and taking their virtue. In the same house. Yep. In the same house. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of foreshadowing. Oh, Oh. I'm so clever. (laughs) Oh, Carrie, she's on a roll today. Uh, Uh, So I do have a couple quotes that I think uh, I just really liked. And the first is the opening line of, I was raised among books, making invisible friends and pages that seemed cast from dust and whose smell I carry on my hands to this day. Hmm. And I think for anybody who loves books... Smelling books, opening books, touching mm-hmm. books is really, mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. kind of a nice little thing to do. I think I have eight, so I'm not going to read every single one of them. But the other one that I really like is every book, every volume you see here has a soul. The soul of the person who wrote it and of those who read it and lived and dreamed with it. Every time a book changes hands, every time someone runs his eye down its pages, its spirit grows and strengthens. That's a good one. Which I really like because... So Corey and I are kind of not buying books for this podcast and we're using library books or books from other people. And I kind of like that idea of the books that we've touched and other people have touched and it's just growing and more Mm -hmm. people are reading it. And it's, I don't know, I just thought it was very nice. I like that. And, you know, and it's funny, I've... I, you know, I'm not much of a germ-phobe, so that's probably part of it. But I've had conversations with people who won't get library books because they're grossed out by the idea of handling a book that other strangers have handled. I mean, I've definitely opened up a book and had, like, a dry booger on the page. <laughs> but, I mean, we do really gross things ourselves. We just don't care because it's us doing it. Right. You know? So. And then I'm going to share one more quote. Which one should I pick? Oh, <laughs> that woman is a volcano on the point of eruption with a libido o genius magma, yet the heart of an angel, which is Furman yeah. and him talking about his new lady love in the Ber- book. Bernada? Bernada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was really funny. Oh, yeah. He was a gem. Yeah. I loved him. Yeah. Every- he was a little highlight in the book for sure. When everybody started getting annoying, he always came back and was like, sugar, candy. Yeah. Let's go get a sandwich. Let's have a drink. Yes. <laughs> he was precious. Yeah. Have you gotten to the point yet where he suffers a 
He gets his ass kicked? Yes. Yes. You mm-hmm. said ass, Corey. We're not supposed to say curse words. <laughs> well, there, I guess we're going to have the I was trying really to hard to not curse this because I have cursed, I think, in every single one. So, so. Corey ruined it this time. <laughs> uh. Maybe Daniel can edit out. If not, no, I think fine. it's funny. So we'll just have that little explicit thing on iTunes. Totally. It'll be fine. I have an idea about that. I'll tell you about that later. Okay, cool. Offline. <laughs> Offline. Offline. All right. So why don't we take a quick little break and then we'll come back and talk about Corey's book. Sounds lovely. Okay. And we're back. I picked The Brief Wondrous Life of Oscar Wow by Juno Diaz. Wow. <laughs> so so here's so here's my initial thoughts and comments. Um when before I started going back through so I'm a dog ear type of person, so if you're cringing out there, I'm sorry, but I dog ear things I want to revisit. Um and when I so when I go to make my notes, I know where to look. And before I started doing that this morning, I was like if I wasn't reading this book for podcasts, and I know we said we could abandon books, but I so would have abandoned this book probably 30 or 40 pages in. Yep. But I f- was really stubborn, and I wanted to find out what happened. Totally. I did the same thing. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> Dang it, Juno Diaz. <laughs> There's method to your madness. Um, and I was like, yeah, I would totally would have abandoned that. When I went back through and I started looking at some of my dog ears, I started piecing some things together, and I was like, oh. Maybe this book was better than I thought it was. Hmm. I did not have that experience. Okay. Well, maybe I'm just trying. I want to I want to justify how much time I spent on it. So, the basic story is um it's the story of a uh very awkward young man. He's Dominican his his mother is from Dominican Repu- is Dominican Republican. Is that right? I don't know. It sounds She's really from goofy. Dominica Republican. Republica. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tuesday. <laughs> All right. I'm so sorry, people of that country, because I feel like a jerk. Anyways, um, his, so his mother's from there. He and his sister Lola were born in the States. Um, and so it's his story. Uh, one thing that I did kind of relate to is um, he was born a year after I was, so it, hmm. as far as the book goes. So kind of the pop culture slash time references. I was like, oh, yeah, I grew up at the exact same time as this guy. So I get some of what they're talking about. He was a, I would I would say maybe very, he was obese. Um, he was a, a super nerd and um, ha- really had very few friends. He was obsessed with women <laughs> and girls, but they, of course, thought he was gross. And so, and he was really awkward in his uh, interactions with them. I wrote the word awkward down about five times. <laughs> Because I felt like that was just what I kept coming back to. Yeah. And I wanted to feel sorry for him, but I was also really frustrated for him because mm-hmm. he was just not motivated to change his his life status as far as his weight or things, things that seemed to be holding him back, or at least the book implied or what were holding him back. He did nothing to change that about himself. But I have some questions about that because I want get to your, get your opinion on it, too. What I didn't like about the book, and again, I think when I went back and looked at some different pieces and it kind of came together for me, so similar to the other book, there's lots of backstory. Uh, there's lots of context. Then you're, 
Well, so I hated the footnotes. And sometimes I like footnotes in a book, but these were really annoying. I don't even remember footnotes. Seriously? <laughs> they were everywhere. I think because I read it on the Kindle. Oh. Oh, that's where those numbers were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I fail at this game. It's okay. You didn't miss anything. It was okay. probably a better reading experience, honestly. Okay. Because they were, you know how sometimes people will do footnotes to be kind of funny? Yeah. It was kind of in that vein. But not funny? Sometimes. But it just was like, I, I didn't, anyways, it didn't work for me. And they kept changing the point of view, and it was written in first-person point of view. Mm -hmm. And so you'd be reading, and you'd take you like three or four pages to figure out who the heck was talking. Yeah. And they also spoke – it was written in, uh, I'm assuming, a very true kind of Spanglish dialect. Yeah. It was very conversational with weird – I don't know. There was just – it was hard for me to follow sometimes. My first random thought that I Mm -hmm. wrote down was, I do not know how to say some of these words. Spanglish. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I also – funny side note is that I started reading this book a bit before Corey, and I updated my status on Goodreads with, like, what the hell is going on or something (laughs) like that. And it's because the perspective changed, the narrator changed, Mm -hmm. and there was no lead-in whatsoever. And I was like, who the F is talking right now? I have no idea. And then I was like, oh, it's his sister. Oh, it's so-and-so. Yeah. Well, and so that was one of the things I realized after flipping back and forth is that Junior, 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 Wrote, who was his roommate and yeah. and was with his sister Lola, he wrote the introduction and then he wrapped it up. Yeah. So he was actually kind of the common theme throughout all of it. Sometimes you heard things that were sort of from Lola's perspective. And then I, but I feel like when it was his mom and when it was about Oscar, it was always like, I was like, wait a minute, did we ever have a first person point of view of Oscar or his mom? I don't think so. Which again was kind of weird and confusing. Yeah. But that was one of my realizations today. I was like, oh, wait, this is the story of Oscar Mm -hmm. from other people's perspectives Mm -hmm. and from different timelines. It also goes from New Jersey, where it's set, to Santa Domingo um, in the Dominican Republic. That's how you say it. There you go. You got it. Oh, my word. (laughs) It's okay. Okay. Dominican Republic. Dominican Republic. (laughs) Testing, testing. Yep. Dominican Republic. (laughs) Made up for it for the first three times. And actually, I guess that's a really pivotal part of the book when Oscar goes for the last time and falls in love with the prostitute. Yep. Which, so so that's where I started seeing parallels between the two books. Mm. So first of all, uh, mother like son. So you remember the mother was in love with the gangster, even though it was bad for her. She got her ass beat in the cane fields. Yeah. And then Oscar. Mm Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God. Like mother, like son. Right? Yeah. I guess, you know. Except the mother didn't die. Right. Um, but it was also about first loves and forbidden loves and unrequited loves. Love, and love, 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 love. Right? But, I mean, but do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. as I started processing through the two books, I was like, wow, there's a lot of similarities in the in the themes of these books. I think because I disliked this one so mm-hmm. much that I tried not to connect it with The Shadow of the Wind. Mm. Well, I just did it for you. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So, you know, it's a quirky read. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I would reread it again. Definitely not. But it was. But there were certainly were some interesting parts to it, too. I 
you know, and, and another part that really drove, drove me crazy was towards the end when it was going through like all this like historical stuff in the Dominican Republic. And then that's where I was like, oh, I see the mom is the third sister. That's why you're giving us all this backstory that I don't care about. Mm hmm. And then, as again, as I was flipping through the book today, I was seeing references to the third sister and, you know, but again, you didn't hear until the end of the story what happened to her and how she, why she was burnt and all of that stuff, um, you know, because it, it, it things were out of timeline. Yeah. Um, and so for me, that was a little confusing. It all came together again in the end. Mm -hmm. But I was – it was just hard to follow. And, you know, I kept – it probably took me close to two weeks to read it. I kept yeah. picking it up and putting it down. And I think, again, because it was disjointed, mm -hmm. um, it was hard to catch up and get back on track and get into a flow with it. Yeah. Yeah. So I found the writing quite lazy and unexpressive. Hmm. Um, Explain I, that more. Well, I don't – I just feel like there are some important places in the novel where I couldn't get the total meaning of the sentences. Okay. So – and maybe it's because I don't have any Spanish background, mm -hmm. but it just seemed like his reliance on slang and colloquials, colloqui colloquialism yeah. arose more out of laziness than from the narrative voice, um, which, again, was oh. sloppy. But see, I disagree. I think that was the whole point. I think that was who they were. And it was sloppy. You're right. It was sloppy. But that was the slang. Yeah. I don't know. I find it sloppy. I didn't really like That's okay. It. I mean, that's all right. I, I agree with you, but I think it, I think that was intentional. I don't think it was him being lazy. I think um, that was the, he was creating the voice of his narrators. Gotcha. Yeah. And we already talked about the whole multiple narrators, and they mostly talk in the same voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was confusing. Which makes it hard to understand, like we said, who's talking. And the tone I found condescending <laughs> and kind of made me defensive. Okay. Um. And I, I just didn't really enjoy reading this. I was interested in the Dominican history. Um, if it wasn't fictionalized, I'm not sure. Um, and somewhat curious about what made Oscar's life brief, but not enough to wade through a bunch of trash. Ooh. Yeah. I started skimming. Okay. My, my fourth random thought is I'm over it. And I think <laughs> that was about 50 pages in. Okay. Yeah. I probably skimmed the second half of it, especially when it got back into the Dominican history. Yeah. I was like, I don't care about this. I just <laughs> want to know what happens to Oscar. <laughs> well, unfortunately, he had a very... Uh, Untimely end. Brief. Brief. End. He had a brief and wondrous <laughs> life. Oh. Um, and I, But I did actually find three quotes okay. that I liked. Yeah. So one of them is, but if these years have taught me anything, it is this. You can never run away. Not ever. The only way... The only way out is in, hmm. which I found kind of like gang-like, but also I'm a big fan of not running away from your problems and kind of diving into them and mm -hmm. finding that way out. And then the other one is it never it's never the changes we want that change everything, which okay. I find is very accurate mm -hmm. in life. And then finally, it says, if you didn't grow up like I did, then you don't know. And if you don't know, it's probably better you don't judge. Yeah. Which is straight to the point of yeah. if you don't know. Which goes back to why you had a hard time with this. You, yeah. don't, you, don't, you, <laughs> you don't, don't know the life of yeah. a Dominican Republican guy totally. in the 1980s. Yep. Uh, who's awkward and obese. I and... was born at the end of the 80s. And... All right. Now you're making me feel old. <laughs> Where's your cane, Corey? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see here. I feel like I had a couple of quotes, too. Let me look at my crazy notes. Um. We should take a picture of your journal right now because uh, your handwriting is crazy. It is. I have the worst <laughs> handwriting ever. Um, 
Yeah, I don't think it's the worst. Don't, let's not okay. say that. It's pretty bad. I can't read it sometimes. I sometimes don't <laughs> recognize my own handwriting. Like, you know, sometimes if you like write a letter to yourself and you get it later, yep. I'll get up like, oh, who's this from? And I open it up and I'm like, oh, it's for me. Shoot. <laughs> it's That's... not a five-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, the, oh, and we did, well, the one thing we didn't talk about that was kind of the running theme was the discussion about Fuku, which is, I'm not cussing. Oh. I'm not cussing. Um, Fuku it's is... It's not explicit material, people. Uh, it's basically... Bad, bad juju. Yeah, bad juju. Um, I, yeah, I, what else did I write down? A curse. A curse, yep. yep. Um, so they talk about that and how... Uh, and, and, you know, that was the other thing that we didn't mention is really what this kind of came down to. I almost wrote down, it's kind of like Romeo and Juliet because it was like a feud between those two Dominican-Republican... A republic. <laughs> I think you say Republican when it's, anyways, uh, Dominican, <laughs> when, when it was between the two Dominican families that were feuding, the Trujillos and the, um, oh, right. The Cabrals. Yeah. The, which is what the, this family came from. Yep. But uh, so uh, going back to why I thought I was not completely sorry for him, uh, <laughs> he writes, I seem to be allergic to diligence, and Lola said, ha. What you're allergic to is trying. So true. Mm-hmm. So true. Yep. And 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 that made me. So that's where I started getting a little philosophical this morning when I was like, <laughs> sitting around. And so I, I had a couple questions, or kind of yes or no, but maybe it'll spark some thoughts from you. Um, do we have the power to change our destiny if we want? Um, you know, and what I mean by that is when it comes to things like personality and body type and whatnot versus willpower. You know, because I feel like sometimes we have that assumption and I feel like I'm doing it a little bit right now of like, well, you could have changed your situation if you wanted. You could have like started running every day and starving yourself and stopped playing your video games and reading your nerdy <laughs> sci-fi and, tr- and turned your life around. But then I was like, is that fair of me to think that way? You know, I think it's I have this conversation a lot with uh, my roommate because he very much believes that people don't deserve help and that they need to fight for themselves. And I grew up in poverty Mm -hmm. and was in government housing and on food stamps. And I have a master's degree. And if it wasn't for people that helped me along the way to show me my options, I don't think I would be here. Right. So I think we do have the power to change, but it also has to come from our drive to change. Like if we're not mm-hmm. motivated mm-hmm. to get an education or to lose a few pounds, we're not going to do it unless our doctor is like, you're going to die. And right. then maybe that is a different sense of you have to do it or mm-hmm. something tragic is going to happen. Yeah. So I think it. I think it's true, but I think the willpower is a, another piece that we have to have in order to change. No, that makes sense. And I think that was what I was kind of struggling with from a philosophical standpoint of I recognize that, you know, people have a certain amount of privilege or whatnot that helps them succeed or change in mm-hmm. lives. And I felt like for him, it was perhaps an awkward combination of some forces working against him as well as lack of motivation. Yeah. And I I mean, I do say this. I'm very much aware of my white privilege in a lot of ways. but. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know how it would be if I was a woman of color, um, but I think that without the resources from the state or from schools to kind of push me into the direction that I was pushed, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be here today either alive or with the job that I have or mm-hmm. the life that I have. I could mm-hmm. have taken a completely mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. route. So True. it's a, kind of a challenging it is. situation. Um, 
And then the last question I asked myself this morning was, is it better to be yourself if that's socially unacceptable, um, if you're happy? Yes. Totally. To be yourself and be happy or not to be happy? Yeah, and be happy. Oh, yeah. So, but I don't know if you, again, I don't know that he was happy. True. I don't, yeah, I think he (sighs) was kind of born with the unhappy pill. Right. So. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I guess, yeah, I don't have a good answer to that question. I just put it out there to the universe to think about. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there, so in the band books that we're reading, which Mm -hmm. we'll be talking about next, Mm -hmm. uh, one of the the book that I picked has a lot to do with being, quote unquote, different than the rest of Uh society. So, but being happy regardless of being Mm -hmm. outside of the box. And I think it's hard, especially in school, Mm -hmm. to be yourself and be happy because you get picked on a lot and you get bullied and you get made fun of. But I, and I struggle with this. Like, I am a curvy, luscious mm. woman, and it is hard for me curvy, to be happy sometimes mm-hmm. about it and to be myself and not get wrapped up in whatever the media tells me I need to look like or right. my friends tell me to look like or the fact that, I don't know, I mm-hmm. broke – I ripped a pair of pants. I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> things that happen. It does. It does. No, I, I think you're right, and I think that's – and maybe that's why I've mm-hmm. been thinking about that. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I, so the the last quote that I wrote down was <laughs> right there he had an epiphany that echoed throughout his fat self. <laughs> and again, coming with the writing, he realized his fucked up comic book reading, role playing, game loving, no sports playing friends were embarrassed by him. Mm. I was like, ouch. Yeah, that's like high school. <laughs> that is typical high school pain. Yeah. And then I did have a quote about um, the mom, and I think this was Lola's perspective because she really was portrayed as mean and blunt. And uh, again, as I was kind of flipping back through it, I I felt a little more sympathetic for her as I revisited how her life unfolded. But I was like, man, this is harsh. But she, uh, Lola says, you don't know what it's like to grow up with a mother who never said a positive thing in her life, not about her children or the world who was always suspicious, always tearing you down and splitting your dreams straight down the seams. Mm. And I was like, oh. Brutal. Brutal. I was like, I'm so glad that my mom's not like that. Yeah, totally. But, yeah, I mean, it was it was an interesting read. I, You know, I, it, it gets rave reviews, um, and I think – Honestly, if I if if I had to assess, and I think it kind of comes back to the way it was written, I wonder if some of its cultural differences, maybe, yeah, which is probably a good challenge for us to think about that. And why didn't this resonate with us? And I would say a lot of it's we probably can't relate to the lives of these people. True. So yeah, that's what I've got. Cool. Well, next week we're going to start our genre exploration of band books. Woohoo! So yeah, Band Book Week is coming up, and so we thought we should read band books to go with it. Yep. Curie, what are you reading? So I picked The Well of Loneliness by Radcliffe Hall, and the little synopsis is, Stephen Gordon was a little girl who always felt different. A talent for sports, a hatred of dresses, and a preference for horses and solitude were not considered appropriate for a young lady of the Victorian upper classes. But when Stephen grows up and falls passionately in love with another woman, her standing in the country and her place at the home she loves becomes untenable. Stephen must set off to discover whether there is anywhere in the world that will have her. The edition contains extra material, which tells the fascinating story behind the book's controversial publication, Trial and Ban, in 1928. Sounds interesting. Yeah. I'm looking forward to checking that one out. And what about you, Corey? 
So I went very classic. I have never read Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. And so I picked that one. And for those of you that don't know about it, um, it is a masterwork of 20th century literature set in a bleak dystopian future. So I figured since I love dystopian books, this is right up my alley. Um, and then the description says, Guy Montag is a fireman in his world where television's rules and literature is on the brink of extinction. Firemen start fires rather than putting them out. His job is to destroy the most illegal of commodities, the printed book, along with the houses in which they are hidden. Montag never questions the destruction and ruin his actions produce, returning each day to his bland life and wife, Mildred, who spends all day with her television family. But then he meets an eccentric young neighbor, Clarice, who introduces him to a past where people don't live in fear and to a present where one sees the world through the ideas and books instead of the mindless chatter of television. So, yeah, I think— um, Sounds you know, like it's going to be a good book. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I got—I I picked up a copy to— I, I actually bought that one, and it has a really cool cover. So I'm cool! About I it. have the audio book, so it'll be a nice, ooh, nice, a nice conversation piece. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for listening along. Yeah, and we'll see you next week. Absolutely. Hey, book friends! We hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks for listening along with us. Head over to our podcast site to share your recommendations and your opinions with us on the books we have read. That website is booksandteapodcast.com. It's also where you will find our podcast show notes with a full list of titles for the books, along with our favorite tea and what we mentioned today. If you are on any social media, feel free to stop by our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts. You will find those links on our website. To be the first to hear about the next new podcast and what we are working on, make sure you are signed up to our newsletter. 